Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor to have Therese Castellanos with me for today's call. Therese holds a master's degree in social work from from Loyola University in Chicago. She has 20 years experience working with adults, adolescents, couples, and families. She specializes in anxiety, depression, trauma, grief, and loss, relationship issues, and major life transitions. Therese believes that through therapy, unresolved issues can be addressed so as to gain freedom from shame, guilt, anxiety, and depression, and work toward healthier ways of living that allow for a more meaningful and authentic life. Therese has a private practice and also works as an addictions therapist, critical incident response consultant, and mental health consultant. She is also a certified Reiki practitioner. And Therese, I am so grateful for your courage and your time to be with us today because I know you are going through a very difficult time. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me and for giving me an opportunity to share my story I hope that, um, you know, even though it's my story, I know that it's many other people's story as well. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, so Therese, you had shared with me that today your um, mother is coming to live with you and she is, she is transitioning into hospice care. And, That's correct. Yeah. So... Can you tell us just so for other people who have been in the same position as you, just how are you navigating that? Because all of this is happening right now. And here you're on a call with me. And how is it that you can find the strength to be able to do that, navigate this? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I've been asking myself that same question, I guess. You know, part of it is um, resiliency. You know, I didn't become a, a therapist because I um, grew up, in, you know, with the rainbows and sunshine and a white picket fence. Uh, and so I have had opportunities to build resiliency um, over my lifetime. But I think Part of why I am able to do this with my mom is that I lost my husband um, 10 years ago to brain cancer, and I was his caretaker. Um, we were together 18 years, and 11 of those years were with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that definitely helps me now in being the caretaker for my mom. Absolutely. So... And and it's always to me just amazing how life seems to help us and prepare us for other times in our life that 
that can be as difficult and maybe even more difficult. Um, so as you said, you became a therapist because you didn't have the white picket fence and rainbows and all of that. Can you share with us that the difficult, your childhood and growing up, can you share that with us? Sure. Um, well, you know, the, the program is not long enough. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I will share the part, the part of my story that is relevant to my mom and it's relevant um, in what I want to talk about today. So, you know, I'm one of five children. Well, one of six, one, uh, I lost a brother before I was born. Um, he died as a toddler of pneumonia. And, um, you know, I, I guess that's kind of where part of my mom's story began because my mom's, you know, just like all of us, we have our own childhood and the way that we were brought up and all of those things affect how we then parent. But my mother, you know, I can't imagine my mother's first major loss was her third child, my brother, who uh, died in her arms in the emergency room because they said she had to wait her turn. And oh. he was one and a half years old. And you can imagine the desperation of her uh, pleading for someone to help her because my brother had already gone you know, um, limp in her arms and he had pneumonia and she was told that she had other people before her and um, he passed away in her arms in the hospital emergency room. Oh my gosh. And this was right before he was the brother before me and I was born two years after that. Mm. So um, the other major loss that my mom, I mean, my family but again, as a mother, uh, is that I lost my brother who also um, had a brain tumor like my, my husband um, about three to four years ago. He had a brain tumor and he had some brain damage as a result of the surgery. Yeah. And he, uh, it, you know, he had, he was only in his 50s and he had uh, symptoms very much like Alzheimer's where he lost his memory because of the, where the, the tumor was in his brain. And he got up to try to cook in the middle of the night. And he unfortunately um, started a fire and um, he perished in the fire as well. My, my, uh, my niece and my nephews were able to get out of the house, but my nephew could not save my brother. And, um, and he perished, and that was another tremendous loss for my mom. So, again, you know, we all have a story, and my mom has hers, but how it impacted me and my relationship with my mom um, is that, you know, being the, the only, well, her first daughter, I have a younger brother and sister, my mom really wanted a girl, and um, when she had me, you know, she was very protective of me. And unfortunately, given the job that she was doing where she was working in a factory and the hours were, you know, at night. Um, and my father worked in a still mill and his hours were, you know, very, I mean, similar. Um, I have two older brothers and, um, but they don't drive. Neither one of them ever got their license. And um, it was too difficult to be on the bus with me at 
you know, one in the morning, that is not a safe and conducive mm -hmm. thing to do with a baby. And so um, my mom made the decision to leave me with my grandmother, who had me since I was a baby until the age of 15. Um, my, my grandmother in my heart was my mom. My mom was more like an aunt, you know, that I would see on the weekends with my dad. Um, they divorced eventually. My mom came to live with my grandparents, um, but I was already older. And I didn't understand as a child why I wouldn't live with my parents and my two older brothers. As a child, you know, I understand this as a therapist that, you know, children think that they make things happen. And so as a child, I remember feeling very lonely, very um, unloved, and just very confused, kind of wondered what about me um, was not good enough that I, I could live with my family. Although my grandmother provided me with so much love and um, just tremendous amount of love and self-esteem and nurturing um, that I, I, I'm just very lucky that I had my grandmother. When, when I was 15, uh, the only reason I stopped living with my grandmother is our house burned and um, I had to then live with my mom. And there began um, a very difficult relationship with my mom. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm, I just, my heart, my heart just goes out to you. Um, so you had this difficult relationship with your mother and trying to understand. And as, as a small child now, as a teenager, but I would imagine that there's some kind of, um, resentment or, that questioning becomes more than just questioning and, and all of the, the feelings that come with like, why am I left out and what did I do wrong? And, and, you know, why did I have to stay with my grandparents, even though I know you loved your grandmother so much, how did that relationship when it was just you and your mother, then how did that relationship, um, um, blossom? I mean, was there healing that was starting to take place in there or did it just get more difficult? It got more difficult. I mean, imagine um, a 15 year old who, you know, living with my grandparents, my, my grand, my grandfather in particular was really stern. He was very difficult. Uh, I mean, in terms of like, he was really strict. I wasn't, uh, he didn't believe that girls should interact with boys, you know? Mm. Um, and so he had a very diff different idea of, of me as a child and just thought I was, you know, rebellious when I was just a typical normal little girl. Um, so when I, when, when I lived with my mom, imagine the immense uh, sadness and longing I had to be with my grandmother who ended up living with my aunt um, it was, again, and this is all kind of as an adult looking back, but I longed to be with my grandmother, who was my mom in, in my heart. And um, so being angry, not being able to express that as a 15-year-old, not being able to say, you know, that I wanted to be with her and not with my mom, because, you know, you're supposed to want to be with your mom. 
but also having these new rules or, you know, pseudo rules that my mom wanted to place on me. Oftentimes I would say to her, oh, now you want to be my mom? You know, now you want to be my mom? Where were you for the first 15 years? And so definitely I would say things like that to her. I would say, no, you can't tell me what to do. You know, only grandma has that right. Grandma can tell me what to do. And so, you know, to get at an age where I can know at least what I'm feeling and express it in a way that I had never been able to as a child. And so, um, you know, I, I think it hurt my mom a little bit, but at the same time, my mom loved my grandmother and she never resented the fact that I had that relationship with my grandmother. And for that, I'm grateful that my, my mom never felt like she was competing with my grandmother, that she understood how much I loved her. And she was very grateful for that. And that has come around full circle, which, you know, I will talk about with you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's just, you just don't even know the, the pain that people go through when you just look at a a person, you just have no idea the stories and the pain that they carry with them. Um, oh my goodness. Because as a little kid and, and loving your grandmother, but wanting to be with your mom. And then when you're 15, you're with your mom and, and loving your mom, but still having those feelings, but wanting to be with your grandmother. I mean, it's just, oh my gosh. I mean, it's wow. Wow. Oh, so, so now your mother is, so, so you became a therapist because of, um, you know, I don't want to say a tough, a tough, um, life, but it was, you had a lot to deal with. I just can't even imagine. You just, you had a lot, you had a lot and it, it grew you in so many ways. And now you're with your mother who's come to live with you today and, and with Alzheimer's. Um, or or dementia, right? And so, like, how how do you how are you navigating this now, Therese? How is this? How is this landing? You know, I I never I, I I've had many clients who have come to see me for very similar similar reasons. Their you know stories might be something like. You know, my my dad used to abuse me as a child, and now I'm expected to take care of him because he, you know, has dementia, and I'm still so angry. You know, those kinds of things. It's very common um, in terms of, you know, the clients that I have seen. So I've kind of always wondered what I would do in that situation, and, and it, was to, it was a very different situation, and so um, I can't say that my parents were abusive toward me. So, but it, but it, there's still pain there. And, um, you know, that turned into resentment, um, Nada, that turned into resentment where it wasn't just the teenager saying it, it was the adult saying to my mom, you know, mom, I'm a mom now. And I cannot imagine ever giving my child to you to raise. Like there's nothing that would cause me to not want to be with my child. Um, and she would say, you know, things like, oh, let's, do we have to talk about that? Or, you know, um, 
you know, things like that. And so I never had an opportunity to just have an adult conversation with my mom about it. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that, you know, we were, we were both in pain and it felt very invalidating to not have an opportunity to say to my mom or to hear her say it was hard. That wasn't an easy decision because Nada, I didn't even realize the part that I forgot to say is I didn't even realize that I lived with my grandmother since I was a baby. I thought that I had moved in with my grandmother when my parents got divorced and it was only a conversation not that long ago that my aunt had with me. And she said, Oh, I remember where your crib used to be. And I said, wait, what do you mean my crib? Um. And she said, yeah, you know, you lived with grandma since you were like a baby. And I had no idea. And that really, really hurt me because I thought, I know, I know what it feels like to be a mom and how could she have parted with me? Um, However, Nada, you know, what, what has happened now is, you know, with her having dementia and even before, you know, she's frail, she's getting older, she has a very strong personality. So it's never just been about, it's never just been about, you know, that choice and that decision she had to make, but it's also, she has a really strong personality. So, um, She'll say, I want this. So, you know, you want to please mom and I get her this. And she said, no, I I don't want that. I want this. And so I just always felt like I was never enough or whatever I did was never enough to make her happy. And I'm, you know, and, and again, triggering those old feelings as a child of I'm not good enough to be with my family. Right. Which happens. Um, So, that that has caused this really strained relationship between my mom and I. And, but now that, that she's getting older and I, and I see how fragile she is. And when she got dementia, which came really quickly um, over just the last few months, I've been able to have empathy and compassion for her in a way that I have not been able to before. And so what it has allowed me to do is to work on forgiving her mm-hmm. and what has made me sad Nita and and you know I was explaining to a friend that I wish I had had the courage to forgive her while she still understood mm-hmm. um so that we can have a conversation about it but um, my friend who is someone that he's just a spiritual, he's my spiritual brother, as I call him. And he yeah. said something very beautiful. And he said to me, your mom's mind can't understand you, but you're talking spirit to spirit yeah. and her spirit will. And that is going to help her spirit heal and it will help you too. And he couldn't have been more right because it was only maybe four weeks ago before she got really sick. She was still able to talk. You know, she would forget some things, but then she'd come back. And I found the moment when she came back and I said, mom, I just want you to know 
that I forgive you. And she said, you forgive me? Forgive me for what? And I said, for everything, mom, for being imperfect, just like, just like I am imperfect. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know that I know that you did your best and that as a parent, you had the best intentions. And I said, and, um, and I can't remember how she kind of, you know, she went out and then she came back in, you know, and she looked at me and she said, um, are you talking about when you were little? And I said, yeah, mom. And I said, you know, when you left me with grandma and she was coloring cause she loves to color these days. And, um, and she looked at me and she said, you know, that was really hard for me. And I said, I know that. I know that, Mom. And I said, and I know, and I just want you to know that that was the best thing you could have done for me. Thank you. Because Grandma was really good to me. Yeah. And there was healing in that, Nada, for both of us. Yeah. Oh, my God. It just breaks my heart and it fills me with joy at the same time, the, the, the struggles and the pain. And then to have this moment to be able to tell your mom that you forgive her and that she's able to share with you that it was so hard for her too. And I love what your friend says, because I believe that's so much to be true that her mind doesn't hear it, but her spirit does, her heart does. And it, all love. It's all love. And when we can be in that place, how it allows your mother to be in a different place while she is transitioning. And while you're transitioning as a human into a a new phase of your life and a new evolution of your own becomingness because of of this time that is happening with your mom and that you, you have your mom with you. And there's just such, I believe, just such divine love and guidance and strength and all of that. Absolutely, Um, Nita. Absolutely. Oh, man, man. Oh, Therese, there's so many things that I want to ask you and we're going to run out of time. So are you comfortable if we can just wrap this one up today and then come back and continue this conversation um, for next week? Would you be willing to do that with me? I would love to. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much because I have so many things that I want to ask you. And I know that um, you just have such a powerful story. And on so many levels, it's just not this or that or that. It, it's all of these stairs of all of these things that have made you the beautiful human being that you are and, and you. how you can help other people. Being a therapist, absolutely yeah. for sure. But being able to help other people just to hear that, oh my gosh, you know, look at what she has gone through. And if she can do that, then it gives me permission to be able to start healing myself or maybe forgive my parent also and and allow that opportunity and maybe be able to, um, I believe you had said to have the courage to forgive her while she understood it better. And maybe somebody else is able to do that just because you're here sharing this story and how powerful that is. And Nada, let me just add one thing. 
yeah. I've also in this process have had to forgive myself. Mm, yeah. And that is usually harder for people to do. We're usually more empathic and compassionate toward others than we are toward ourselves. Absolutely. And so I would love the opportunity to share that as well. Yeah. So when we come back, let's start off with how it is that you had to forgive yourself and how this opportunity allowed that or how this became an opportunity to allow you to do that. Okay. Thank you. I would love that. Oh, Therese, thank you so very much. And all of um, Therese's information will be in the show notes. Um, she is located in Chicago. And I guess I didn't even ask you if you're still working. Are you taking new clients right now, Therese, or no? I am not. I will be relocating to Portland, hopefully in the next few months. Okay. And so um, I will be reestablishing myself there. Okay. Okay. All right. So awesome. So your contact information um, will be in the show notes. So anybody who needs to reach out to you while you're in beautiful Portland, that'll be fabulous. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and while I'm still here in Chicago, I'm doing some virtual work. So that would be fine too. Okay. All right. So I'll have that information um, posted on the show notes. So Therese, thank you so much. Um, and then okay. we're going to we're gonna come back next week and, and continue this conversation. And for the listeners, I know that you are um, pulling out, um, oh my God, just healing. There's just so much healing that, that takes place in this conversation. And so please be sure to join us next week for part two so you get to hear um, how Therese is able to forgive herself and the, and the work that's taking place with that. So as always, much love to you and have a beautiful week and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.